Welcome back to Rated X-Pod. I'm Dan Curtis Thompson. And I'm Courtney Gilmore. This is a special edition, special extra for everybody, not even just Patreon. That's for right. everybody. Everyone um, gets this, and it is in honor of Courtney and my favorite show doing a reunion episode this Thursday. Well, depending on what thir- what Thursday, week you're listening to it. Thursday, the third day. Monday, th- one day. Tuesday, Tuesday. <laughs> Wednesday, when? What? Huh? What, day? Oh, what day? Thursday. Thursday. The third day. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's how, if you know friends that's well. That's a deep you, cut. That's a deep cut. But we reunited. We reu- hey, we reunited for the friends reunion. So if you're listening after the reunion, tell us what you thought of it. But yeah, we're we're pumped and we're coming back to do an extra episode just for you guys in between seasons because we started this whole podcast with one couple in I think this couple would you agree sort of catapulted our inspiration for doing this whole podcast. Oh my god, all. absolutely. In this addition is, to us, but this yeah, fictional couple. In addition to us, but I mean like this fictional couple uh it's friends, right? So all of yeah. the all of the relationships and friends are couples that we talked about the most, which kind of inspired us to even do this podcast at all. But we had sort of a different plan in mind for the uh, the whole podcast when we first started recording, and you can hear that in the first episode. The first episode we do Ross and Rachel, but we do it about a specific instance in their relationship, about them being on a break and how they mm-hmm. handled that situation with the idea that, you know, later on we do another Ross and Rachel episode about this point of the relationship, maybe the Emily part or, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, then maybe like the, the Emma part and so on. Uh, then, of course, that changed, as most people who are listening know. Now we do each episode based on the whole relationship of that couple which we unfortunately didn't get to do with ross and rachel so since we didn't do that in the first one we figured let's just uh get the rest of that relationship out of here let's rate them and guess what this is the one with closure we are going to close this chapter oh that's what we should call this one the one with closure and uh and before we get into it though um if you actually are new to the podcast and you haven't listened to the ross and rachel episode Feel free to venture back to season one, and uh, as we've mentioned, we're, we're, we're two real-life exes who rate and review fictional relationships. That should be in the description of the podcast, and yeah, so take take a look back at, at the other episodes if you want to catch up. We also do Monica and Chandler, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll, I, we'll, of course, do, we have do more other coming friends. Up more coming up but yeah we were really excited about this reunion and so we want to we want to get into it with ross and rachel but follow us on instagram at rated x pod and on twitter at rated x pod and if you want early access to episodes full length bonus extras a brand new breakup album playlist that we we just created exclusive for patreons 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 patrons and other and other bonus treats um join the patreon for super cheap patreon.com slash rated x pod we have so many it's, extras yeah it's over like there. two dollars okay yeah Just it's amazing fucking we have a good group money. over there so we do have a good group over there yeah it's fun so um we always in between seasons it doesn't it does the party don't stop on patreon we always have exclusive content going no mm-hmm. matter what okay 
I guess we should just get right into this then, huh? Yeah, let's get into this. Um, we let's, already determined, let's not spoil. So for any of you who didn't listen and you're going to go back and listen to Ross and Rachel, we did, between the two of us, de- determine whether or not they were on a break. So go back and listen for that. But now we're past that and we're yeah, going to be have a more... That's old news. That's old news. We're going to now rate and review from a broader perspective, a more a larger scope and take into consideration all the moments before and after that one heated moment of intensity. Yes. So, so this is kind of starting at the point. Well, I mean, we can like use other have, points jump, before jump as like references, but this is going to be kind of mostly focused on uh, after they broke up the first time. Yeah. So let's talk about think because we, we know we're going to have as iconic as this couple is, we know we're going to have quite a few cons, probably. Sure. So um, why don't we talk about some of the positive things that we think are good and positive and healthy about the Ross and Rachel relationship? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So how Courtney and I are doing this is we have a list of our pros and our cons written out, and so we can look at them as we record this and the first pro i see i would love to hear <laughs> these are so out of order on. by the way i'm sorry i'm just telling you now that the the, the lists that they have are so are probably in indis- like indiscernible oh that's fine i just i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm curious because okay. uh, the first point you have is something i think i disagree with so i'd love to hear your thoughts on okay it. Well, well hold on though okay yeah so this is okay but this so the pros that i had written down is that i believe that they have move on from each other after they break up but th- i don't know that that's necessarily a qual i think i want to talk about qualities first okay like things that are good about them i, I think i probably that's a pro from their breakup perspective but i want to talk about them together Okay. Like what's good about them together right and so uh the reason i want to hear your thoughts on this first Okay. Is because the one of my pros is in conflict Ooh, with in that. Con- okay, okay, let's. Okay. So, so here I'll say it first. So you say okay. uh, the first point that Courtney has says uh, they do move on fully. I believe, mm-hmm. which uh, you don't agree. I don't agree with because I think that they move on enough. I mean, like you know, they they date other people after they break up for you know six years whatever it's been and uh, before they actually get together at the end uh, oh spoiler alert she gets off the plane mm-hmm. uh so I, I i i do think that they move on with other people but i don't think they move on fully or else they wouldn't ever get back together in the end i think the fact the the one of the strongest uh and most beautiful things about ross and rachel which is in my eyes a pro and a con is that there is always a sense of romantic and emotional uh, love for each other that no matter how many uh, obstacles they face or either external or internal, that's always something that holds on even if if it's just by a string. They okay. always they always have that uh, that love for each other. Okay. I disagree with that. But I agree with a large part of that. So okay. I do believe that they have this connection and this bond that 
holds them together. So as you can see on my pros list, I, I also mentioned friendship a lot. So they have mm-hmm. like this friendship and yeah, this they emotional do have a strong connection. friendship. Yeah, I don't. I do. I I do believe that they moved on. Um, I don't think. I and I think that because you said you just said the re that's the whole point of why they were able to get back together in the end i think the complete opposite i Mm. think the fact that they completely got over each other is why they were able to fall back in love so okay this is a little bit tenuous because there's a lot of subtlety and nuance to this connection so yeah they're both bound later by emma their child that they have together so that's that their conception of emma is a solidified okay we're gonna be in each other's lives forever um dynamic but even without that i think i think that I mean, not to get too philosophical, but like, what does it mean to fully move on? Because, yeah, there are some intermittent, you know, occasional instances where they allude to sex between each other. So, yeah, that's definitely a point in your court about right. like, the romantic but there's, side. There's but, also, sorry. But there's also so many more instances where they move in separate directions date other people and genuinely to me their dynamic genuinely feels like it landed in such a friend zone that even though they're so connected emotionally they have a deep friendship and yeah they still find each other attractive i guess to like occasionally when they're feeling desperate i mean let's be honest it's the times that they feel desperate that they want to hook up Mm -hmm. like when ross sees her naked across the window and like there are always very clear points in ross's life where he's like lethally single you know the way he acts it's like it's the worst thing in the world and that's Mm -hmm. when he's like rachel and same kind of same with rachel when rachel's in a bad place about feeling jealous over monica's engagement and then she's like what if i were to be with ross you know right i think that they do because they have that strong connection they do sort of consider and also you know and then she was vulnerable when her dad has the heart attack and she wants to hook up with him again but it never seems to me to me, those all of those instances seem like they just want to hook up, and in between, there are so many instances where they almost seem grossed out by each other, which I love actually. Mm-hmm. Like they mm-hmm. have a kind of friendship that kind of teeters on almost not quite sibling because they still want to hook up, but like really Who doesn't want to fuck their come ra- like a camaraderie where they just seem completely moved on they help they want to help each other date people they want to um they 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 seem almost repulsed by each other in a funny way mm-hmm. that to me kind of seems indicative of two people who are like okay this person's going to be in my life but i don't think it's going to be a a love type of thing yeah okay i i hear what you're saying but i, I still disagree because okay. uh okay maybe i don't disagree Hear me out. The the reason I'm fighting on this side is because I there are specific instances like when Rachel's talking to Phoebe at the table in Monica's mm-hmm. apartment where she's like she's like no I, I I don't love him. Okay, maybe I have like feelings for him, <laughs> but and like okay, so yes, I do love Ross and yeah. oh no, you know like uh, and then like later. Uh, when Emma is born again with Phoebe, Ross is looking mm-hmm. at her through the the baby glass, whatever you call that, at the babies in all their beds. Yeah, <laughs> what's the, that called? The baby glass. Yeah, the, no, that's the clinical. The baby glass. D- that's okay. Yeah. yeah. When you're looking through the baby glass with your friend, <laughs> uh, and 
Phoebe is like, I, uh, he's like, yeah, it's just, a, it's just not going to work. And she's like, yeah, well, I get it. I mean, you love her. She loves you. Now you have a baby together. And I think that there is always that they do have, uh, and maybe it's just, you know, they have a love for each other. But I, th- I think mm-hmm. it's something more than that. Because, I mean, if you really think about all the times that uh, Rachel goes after Ross and probably Ross to Rachel. But the mm-hmm. examples I have off the top of my head are like uh, she goes after Ross too late mm-hmm. and he ends up with Julie. And then uh, while she's while he's with Julie and the prospect of him maybe no longer being an option uh, becomes available, then that's when she wants him. And then uh, same goes for like when he announces his uh, engagement to um, to Emily. That's when she wants in. And I think that it's just any time that there's an option that maybe. Uh, well, actually, even Ross even says to Rachel in the coffee shop, I forget when, but something along the lines of, like, uh, uh, even if we never are together again, I don't want to think that w- it might never happen. It might never happen, right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There is a lot of, like, them sort of insinuating that they probably will end up together or they might still want that. There mm-hmm. is sort of like and a one foot out the door, one foot in. Yeah, and I think that that's... Honestly, I think that that was uh, some of the brilliant works of mm-hmm. uh, the writers. That, like yeah. from, from the very first episode, we are introduced to Ross and Rachel, the uh, character who... The, the nerd and the, and the popular girl, the nerd mm-hmm. who... Knew her back in high school, and yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't know if you knew this, but I had a crush on you. He's like, I, yeah, I knew. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, okay, well, maybe uh, I could. Oh, actually, the very first thing he says in the episode uh, of the pilot is he's like, uh, all I want is somebody who I can get married to. And then in comes Rachel wearing, wearing a wedding dress. dress. If that's like yeah. the most, that's yeah. such foreshadowing for this is going to be the girl that he ends up with forever. And yeah. then. Uh, later in that that episode, she he's like, uh, so maybe I could take you out sometime. She's like, maybe, you know. And so like it sets up from the very beginning. Yeah, this is a love yes. story about these two. And that's and, gonna be the, uh, yeah. the and then it's it's a constant uh, back and forth. They yeah. it always the, wrong fr- timing. Yeah, Friends is a masterclass when it comes to writing of how to make the will they won't they couple. They're not the first couple in TV to do right. that, but they're I think they're one of the quintessential ones. Yes, they, it is a masterful way of writing. And I think, though, because you're right, there are there are a lot more, there is a lot more evidence to support the idea that they don't fully move on together or from each other. However, I do, you know why I think they, it was so satisfying that they end up together, though, is because past all the hookups, past all the, I mean, you're, you're right, it's so continuous with one is one is into the other the other is not into the other Mm. and back and forth back and forth one of them is like huh maybe and the other one's like no constantly but towards but towards the end though like maybe even just maybe the last season Mm -hmm. to me they feel so content with their lives apart but as friends like with emma's already here they're good at being co-parents. They've had the whole blow up where they tried to move in with each other and Ross did that mm-hmm. weird thing that we're going to talk about where she was going to move on with the bartender right. or the yeah. bar guy. Um, and I think that there's like, it's a small window of time, a short one, but there's this window of time where it seems like, you know what? I think Ross and Rachel 
they they should end up together but if they don't they're gonna be okay like well, they're sure. more well-rounded people by the end of it yeah and i, I would think agree that with that you that, but i don't think that that means that they are uh not they yeah. don't have feelings for each other i think it just means that they are both uh, they finally come into who they are co- confidently, which I think yeah, and allows I think anyone good, to be in a good yes, place to start a, good a relationship. Fa- a good foundation. And I think that even though in the back of their minds they may have entertained the idea, I think they both w- indicated that they could have been okay without it happening, mm-hmm. you know? Which, but, me, which makes me think that at the end they actually, I guess this is kind of getting ahead of myself, but it, it makes me feel like they had a more hope for for them as a couple than yeah. I ever felt yeah. for them before because even if it's not going to work out they're going to be fine which yes. means that they're going to be able to co-parent Emma separately yeah. and happily and yes they finally matured they finally That's got it. past yeah. they finally got past the 18 pages front and back type of anger they held on to a yeah, lot of anger yeah. but before we also head more in that direction of like the meat of it, are there? Because I actually didn't re-listen to our Ross and Rachel episode, so well, I don't me know. Me either. I was thinking about that five minutes before we started recording. So, that but I think I that's have. good. So I wonder if we can um, to continue a little bit more with the pros. Are there any? And it would actually be kind of neat if we repeated some without knowing it. But now that we've had more time to consider them, and with the reunion coming up, are there traits about them that, as a couple, you think work really well? Not so much actions, but like complementary attributes about them as a couple that are could be considered pros for any healthy relationship. Uh, sure. I mean, uh, it's this is maybe not the best example right away because it specifically is about their honeymoon period, which obviously mm-hmm. in every relationship will eventually fade. But it, I th- still think that the honeymoon phase of a rela- okay. Here, here's my hot take on honeymoon phases of relationships. I used to get real. In, in past relationships, I used to get real, like, freaked out and anxious. And I'm sure that a lot of people feel this way, too. When the honeymoon fa- uh, phase would start to fade or peter out, I would get very anxious. Like, oh, God, the relationship doesn't work anymore. And uh, the, therefore, it sucks. But if you have a very good honeymoon phase, that's just a setting up a solid foundation for the next phase. Uh, if that, did I say that right? Yeah. I that makes so. sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> Look again. I'm not you. You and I talk to each other on Instagram every day from like with voice notes or <laughs> uh, just texting or something. But I don't like really talk to people <laughs> anymore. No, I get like it. This. I get it. Yeah. Like, I now did. I, now I just feel like I'm monologuing all the time because I use voice notes. <laughs> I think yeah no I think it's that's relatable I did a I did a, a comedy show the other day where I in the middle of my set I had to keep drinking water because my and I said out loud I was like I'm used to talking in my head all day <laughs> and my my body is rejecting yeah. this right yeah. now I'm talking out loud it, it's not, it doesn't I, know what's going on that is such relatable content oh my yeah. god well, I was on the phone with my dad for like an hour <laughs> or two last night and it was very lovely we had a wonderful conversation but the rest of the night it felt like I had a cold because my yeah. throat was just so raw from talking yeah. and that's insane is COVID a social disease? Are we <laughs> getting COVID because we're talking is. too much? <laughs> is that how you transmit it? By socializing? Um, um, yeah, no, I get it. But okay, yeah, but uh, their their honeymoon phase, uh, and again, this kind of goes back to the masterclass of them writing a really good relationship that we really like 
and uh, you know, give just dropping little breadcrumbs here and there throughout the series of will they, won't they. One, I think one of the most uh, fundamental things they did to make us want them to be together so much was show us their honeymoon phase where they're really good together. They they are very spontaneous and they are very passionate and they are very uh, they are very good friends. They already have that good foundation and. Mm. Uh, we've seen the the feelings that I guess at least Ross has felt for Rachel uh, extend over time, like ten years now. When we see flashbacks of them, like you know him getting ready for prom and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So th- they set up the the honeymoon phase so well, so that we get to see their their real fun side before they introduce yeah. all the conflict later. That I think. Of course, that will fade, uh, and you might, you know, they, in their new relationship, as six or seven years later, they might be able to rediscover that for a little bit first, but mm-hmm. it'll fade again, and, but in the process, I think that they will. I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, that it's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well said. I, yeah. It look, is good. I don't know. I don't know how to talk anymore. So, would you say then that? No, those are good. Those are good points, and I think actually. Do you ever monologue and then like the the point of what you're trying to say just is like I don't feel like it yeah, anymore. Yeah, because you're talking hearing it out long. loud, and it's easy to lose the train. Yeah, the train derails sometimes, and it's okay. It's all good. Even my even my brain was like, this guy talks too much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay, so well, one point to latch onto with that is I think an important thing to note which is that their honeymoon phase was so important to so they do have great chemistry i'm sure we Mm -hmm. said that before but they flirt really well i think they flirt really well together they do have this really amazing you know tightrope balance of friendship and flirting where you it's not they're not which is amazing considering how ross flirts with the pizza girl exactly and and rachel is not good either when when rachel really aside from ross when rachel really likes someone she messes up bad and turns into a basket case like with josh yeah like joshua yeah uh, even with tag she's weird and um and and with danny like she plays Mm. all these weird games and it's like rachel you have no chill except for when you're with ross but um but yeah that's what makes it so you know amazing that when they come together they're good with each other they have like you know the one where the one we both love of the one where no one's ready even though there's like a blow up in that one that's the best fucking episode yeah they have some nice yeah yeah some nice flirty moments but what's important about the honeymoon phase and also how you know cute was their um planetarium date you know like their first real date yeah that was a really important significant moment but they had to do this because that's how brilliant the writing was that after they break up after we see all the highlights of fun and then the adventures they go on and how much fun they have and the romance after Mm -hmm. that breakup aside from the little mini uh beach house reunion that is very short-lived for like two episodes we never get to see them together again, ever. We yeah, never get to see the them in a seasons, relationship. They're really only together for like yes, a season. We, and that's that's such a testament to how beautifully they've written this chemistry and this romance yeah. is that it always still kind of feels like they're in a relationship. And we exactly. never get to see it ever again. Even when they end up together, we don't really see their life now. We oh, just no, see them exactly. Pick, they get together in the last episode. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think that's a really important thing to note is that they have a good honeymoon phase that sets us up for 
for the rest of the series, which is a solid foundation so that we know. Yeah, yeah. That, and that was kind of, sorry, that was the point I was trying to make, but yeah. then my brain got distracted, was yeah. that, yeah, they, uh, that like one season or whatever that they're together allows us to see how mm. good they are yes. together, which makes it so that when they break up on something that could, could uh, is arguably a misunderstanding, yeah. and then they have other external things get in the way, yeah. and internal conflicts get in the way later, we still, we, the audience, still remember back on yeah. how good they were together. Yes, and the timing Except was so good. for... What? Uh, we haven't gone into the cons yet, so I'll, okay. I'll hold this. Well, but. okay, so hold on to that. But yeah, it's also so well-timed because even they don't start being together in the first episode, so they spend a lot of season one when Rachel kind of re-meets him all, all over again because she doesn't rem- remember him since, you know, high school or college. Mm-hmm. They they establish the friendship. They're friends. They're pals. She loses yeah. Marcel, and they get mad, and they get into a friend fight, and yeah. um, and all this stuff that, that uh, just really establishes the their their foundation and then heads into this beautiful honeymoon and then the rest of the series is is building more on that foundation mm-hmm. so yeah, they took they took three seasons to really build up yeah uh the relationship of ross and rachel and then yeah. the remaining seven mm-hmm. to make us want it again yeah yeah and i really i really like that and i think that it was probably important to have those occasional hookup moments where they almost hooked up or they did hook up because we mm-hmm. still wanted to get a little taste yeah exactly and then and then we as the audience got to be like oh yay maybe they're getting back together then they they pull the rug out from underneath and make us want it even more (laughs) or we go oh yeah we want this to happen but this is not the Mm -hmm. right way to do it right yeah so like we as the audience kind of feel like a tertiary member of the relationship yeah exactly um uh which i think was just that's aside from their relationship as a general but i really do think that like there's a lot of like flack that friends gets these days because of like some problematic things are in it which you know justifiably mm-hmm. so there is some pretty problematic things in the show but uh there that is it is also very well written yes and i think that that's important to note yeah should we do cons yes except um some of these might go into con territory but what do you think because if we're going to head in that direction um a couple of little mini pros though are that they do a lot of sacrificing for each other in ways mm-hmm. that are kind of go unspoken that I really liked. So, yeah, for example, like Ross not going to Ross the not going TV to the TV thing. special, yeah, because yeah. he wants to stay and help. I really like that. Um, that was something mm-hmm. he didn't do for show. He was not planning on really telling Rachel yeah. that. I like Which is that. interesting. You know what? It's a, that's an interesting thing because there's an episode close to that where Phoebe and Joey get into a whole thing about how there's no such thing as a good deed. <laughs> A, self, and, a selfless good deed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, selfless good deed. And to me, that's a selfless good deed. <laughs> it's that's de- an example of a selfless good it's deed. It's definitely a non-showy, yeah. Not, yeah, not doing it for he, the, the, the fame or the, the publicity yeah, of it. Yeah, he didn't tell Rachel about it. Mm-hmm. She learned uh, it through another way. Uh, he, obviously, that was hard for him to do. Mm-hmm. And he, it didn't feel good for him. But he did it for her because he loved her. Yeah. For sure. Um, and then the, another one I had de- written down was that, okay, so the, I d- didn't really notice the timeliness of, the, of this, but there are two consecutive episodes where Rachel looks out for Ross and has his best interests best interest at heart. So we have um, uh, the one where uh, Emily 
um, is it's post Emily, and Emily is now going to get married to someone else, and so she okay. leaves a voicemail on Ross's answering machine saying, "Hey, I don't know if I should get married. Uh, call me." And Rachel and Monica are in the apartment and hear this, and Monica weirdly but kind of in classic monica wanting to control the situation fashion is like we have to delete this message because if ross hears it he's gonna want to get back with emily and mm -hmm. rachel after all of this commotion of her wanting to have been with ross during the emily saga um tells monica no we have to save this episode we have to tell him that she called that she called because even though we both don't want R ross to be with emily it's his right to know that she called yeah and then when they do uh she does tell she accidentally deletes the message but still tells ross that emily called mm -hmm. she didn't have to do that because she deleted it by accident so she could have yeah, pretended that it never happened but yeah. she does tell him and then she stays at the apartment and like talks to him and he yeah she talks him out of calling her to get back together but only to me it came from a good place of knowing that ross was feeling vulnerable because he had just got shot quote unquote at, aka the car backfired uh, the car, yeah <laughs> so she knew that that was a bad choice for him but instead of just flat out being like don't do I'm not this tell him. And, yeah. or don't get back together with her because I want to be with you or, or I think this is a bad decision. She kind of talks him through it and says, hey, remember mm -hmm. how miserable you were with her? Is that what you want to go back to? And I think yeah. it was a really... while still allowing him the option yes. of knowing and making the choice himself. Yeah, it was a level headed talk through. And I appreciated that she did that. Mm -hmm. That showed me her principles. And then yeah. the next episode, who, who you say Rachel, she has better. Uh, no, you said that Rachel, uh, Rachel has better morals and principles than monica yeah because monica first of all wanted to delete the message and then she steals money off his coffee table <laughs> so monica is sketchy sometimes yeah. but um, i mean like it's her brother so yeah i know i i get the intention but um uh, and but then in the, in the next episode it's the pizza girl one where ross is trying to flirt with the pizza oh, delivery right, yeah, girl flirting. And, and he's bombing, just constantly bombing with her. And then Rachel goes and runs after the pizza girl and gets the number mm. for him and says, hey. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's Ross is not a bad guy. He's just not really great at flirting, but he, I think he really likes you and gets the number. That was, to me, a really nice thing that, that she did. That is very nice. Yeah. yeah. She yeah, felt bad I for him and that. she knew that he liked her. And I think that was a really nice little moment for Rachel. Yeah. That's true. Um, and, you know, and, and Ross, uh, I just noticed that you have this on your mm -hmm. pros, too, uh, as one thing that Ross did to sacrifice is he drove out to, I don't know if this is specifically for Rachel, but yeah, he no. drove out to, to give gas to yeah. his friends when, yeah, that's not for Rachel. It wasn't that's really for, for Rachel, friends. but and in fact, it was kind of in spite of Rachel. He didn't yeah. want to go, but he still, you know, at the end of the day, he still went out there to be a good guy. And... <laughs> Uh, this happens with the friends th throughout the series. They do this, especially Ross does this. But uh, Rachel, if you're wondering, you know, if you didn't like, if you thought of Emily as the villain of the series, Ross is with Rachel or Emily because of Rachel. Um, yeah, Rachel's, because she's with Joshua. Uh, yeah, and, and she's supposed to take Emily out on the town, which, by the way, we never hear ever again how Emily is kind of affiliated with Rachel's job. Like, it's her boss, yeah. it's her, his daughter or niece That's a or good something. point. That, yeah. That's, like, never spoken of again. But, but Emily is Rachel's connection, and so Ross... Yeah, why wouldn't Emily, like, tell her, Rachel's <laughs> boss about how much how much she hates Rachel <laughs> so yeah Ross goes agrees to go out on a date with uh, Emily so that Rachel can go out with Josh 
So. Yeah. So here, here's a question. This is yeah. a little bit of a sidestep, but sure. uh, Emily and Ross, mm-hmm. uh, they he says Rachel's name at the altar. They uh, don't talk for a while, and then finally they start talking again, and uh, Emily agrees that she will come to America as long as he doesn't see Rachel anymore. Do you think that's fair? No, not? absolutely not. Um, okay, but here's the thing. This okay. I'm glad you brought this up because I actually don't want to do a whole episode on Ross and Emily. I don't think no. that there's enough, but there's enough to get into it right now, just a tiny bit. I yeah. think that we unnecessary. First of all, what Ross did was devastating for someone on oh their my wedding God, day. Of course, and Emily had every reason to be upset about that. Of course, she did. Um, but the way that time, the way she handles it as time passes, is just more and more reason to think that they don't, they shouldn't be together because Absolutely. she, she just can't forgive him. And it, and it makes sense. I understand that she can't forgive him. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it from Emily's side, like, yeah, we know that Ross and Rachel are like quote-unquote just friends but Rachel went there to go after Mm -hmm. him they're not really just friends at this point for Ross they are but also why is he saying her name um Mm -hmm. but Rachel went there to destroy the wedding and yeah she changed her mind at the last time but like as Emily she did have reason to worry that something was going on there because of course she did after the even after the whole altar the whole altar blunder and Emily like runs away Rachel, and this is a con that I wrote down, Rachel still feels compelled to tell Ross that she loves him. Oh, I know. Still. Yeah, Lay off. Lay off. But yeah, Emily, um, once she gets to the point of being like, no, you can't hang around Rachel, uh, no, I don't think that's, that's not an ultimatum like that is not a good kickstart to a healthy relationship. Yeah, exactly. So I I totally agree with everything you just said there. Yeah, she she had every reason to feel the way that she felt, but I don't think anyone ever has the... Uh, no one should ever in a relationship say, I don't want you hanging out with this person. If that person means a lot to the other person, because uh, that means that A, the relationship does not have trust, and B, that means that uh, you want to hold your partner back from doing uh, doing something that they like doing if that include even if that includes seeing someone that they love unless you know obviously that can change with like harmful instances like you know this guy is your enabler or whatever you know yeah uh, for like certain destructive personal behaviors or something of course there's exceptions but for the most part i think that those rules should apply uh because if and and if they can't apply if you can't uh if, if you genuinely feel like you don't want your person to see this other person for your own personal reasons uh, uh, of not being able to trust them and you're not able to get past that, then yeah, the right thing to do is break up. Yeah, or she should have said, listen, because listen, I agree with that generally, but in this instance, he literally said her name at the altar on their wedding day. So I think the impulse for her to not want Ross to be around her is actually under completely understandable. I just don't oh, think absolutely. they needed to have a conversation but they'd have about to, that. They'd have to work. But the thing, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. absolutely understandable why she would want that. But if they, uh, if they want to actually move on from that, 
then she would need to uh, have to learn to trust him again around her. For sure. But then they would have to have a conversation where I think Ross would have to do a lot of heavy lifting to convince her that Rachel is not. It would be his job. Yeah, because now you have to convince... He's the one that fucked up. Yeah, you have to convince her now that Rachel is not in the mm-hmm. picture in that way so yeah absolutely yeah but yeah, uh, yeah so I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that like it's it's Emily's job to no, yeah. uh to you know do to do all that work yeah it would be a little bit of her job to do some of that work if she wanted the relationship to work but uh it would be mostly Ross's yes Ross job because he's the job. one that did the fuck up yeah for sure and Rachel's job too maybe it, I mean, on some level I guess if so, the, but we've if, seen we've seen Rachel try to clean up that mess with Mona, yeah. and she's not good at it. She's not good at it. You're so right. Um, um, but yeah, um, I was gonna say something about a con earlier, but I completely forget what it was. Okay, well, on that note, though, if you think about that, because I think this is go- leads in perfectly to the next con that I have, is that um, because Rachel is such a significant. Um, influence and connection in his life that can make I mean you and I know this firsthand but that can be a very complex type of dynamic for someone to understand and I don't think that when they're apart and dating other people like when Ross is dating Mona or when Rachel is dating Gavin um, Mm -hmm. I don't think that they do a good job of properly articulating the parameters of their friendship to the people they're dating. I don't think they explain Mm. themselves well. I don't think they define themselves well. And I don't think they set boundaries with each other that would make their partners feel more comfortable. Because, yeah, to a certain degree, your partner is going, you you know, like for me, if I'm dating someone up front, they know that you and I are best friends and we have a podcast and we hang out a lot and we talk. Mm -hmm. I'm never hiding that at all. No, of course not. If someone goes into that and I'm very open about it and they still feel uncomfortable that's more or less on them to a certain degree and I I'm the exact same way you know so but I do understand that it's unconventional for some people and so I don't feel like I need to do a lot of labor to convince I like first of all I do not want to be constantly explaining or justifying my friendship with you ever but I do understand that the dynamic can be a little bit unconventional. It's, and it's so, new for some people. Yeah, yeah and for so, sure. so there are certain instances that if I were to be... It does need a little bit of hand or nub holding. Yeah, exactly. And there are certain things that you, you would I would want to do to be like, hey, listen, I know you've probably seen this play out in different ways and you probably think that, you know, me and this person are going to like be hooking up behind your back or, or whatever um, mm-hmm. but but I want you to know this is how I define this relationship and this yeah. is how I define ours and you know if it makes That's... you you know and maybe there's a little bit of compromise in the sense that like I don't know certain examples of for one thing uh, I'll keep it within the framework of the show but with Ross and Mona you definitely don't have your ex-girlfriend slash best friend in your room living with you and not and pregnant and not tell your girlfriend and she's there on valentine's day like yeah not cool not cool like that's the kind of shit i'm talking about and if there's no way around that maybe at least tell your your partner (laughs) (laughs) at least 
because yeah so something like that where it's like valentine's day and i could understand completely a partner being like well why do you have to be with this person on valentine's day i think that's valid for sure so, yeah um so i don't think they either of them do a really good job of um defining their relationship with each other to their partners that they no, date i i completely agree i also remembered my con that i was okay. going to say earlier because i said that one of the pros to them is that we get to see how good they are together before we see them mm-hmm. uh broken up and will they won't they for the rest of the show and they were very good together but one thing that this show really forgets about uh, they remember the whole uh miscommunication of we uh we were on a break all the time but they all they completely forget about the fact that Ross was a controlling dude in the relationship yeah very possessive and and very possessive very jealous so while I say that they were good together Mm -hmm. they were also not good together and uh like we do see both sides and uh, I mean, I like to think that, you know, as time goes on and Ross, like, chills out a little bit and gets mature, as we were saying, that stuff kind of would subside a bit, you know, mm-hmm. just with experience, with just being with multiple uh, relationships and stuff. Obviously, you grow as a person and maybe your possessiveness. I think possessiveness is more of a 20s thing, and that's when they get together, and he is very possessive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's not necessarily... As cut and dry as I just said, you can be older than that. It's just, it just but it's more prevalent. Not, yeah. it's not exclusive to your twenties, but a lot of insecurity happens when you're young. Absolutely, and that's yeah. where possessiveness comes from. Absolutely, and so I don't think that he's as insecure at the end of the series as he is at the beginning. Is I get so hundred percent. So maybe that would be different now, mm-hmm. but that was still that was still a big issue that never really got brought up about why they weren't good together. Did you ever notice that? Um, what did? Sorry, what didn't get brought up enough? Like, like the his jealousy and his. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, that they never, never gets actually, brought up. Yeah, they don't. It's always just we were on a break, but you slept with someone. Yeah, 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 a hundred percent. There's way there's so much emphasis on the technicalities of the break that they never mm-hmm. actually hit the nail on the head with. Hey, don't be so possessive. His friends, the friends, tried to bring it up to him sometimes mm-hmm. very lightly not nothing too in depth but they do and remember at the end i know they did this as a joke but you know at the very very end like the finale where she runs into mark again and he's like that's mark you can't see him and he does it all over again oh, and it's yeah, like yeah. you kind of I, I gave him a pass on that because i thought they did that more for comedic effect yeah that's just like to a kind of like back. a full circle comeback callback i yeah. didn't think that but if we're if we're ignoring the writing, but, that that is a bit of a red but, flag. But <laughs> yeah, totally. If and, we're like thinking of them as a, a couple, couple. And actually, he does have instances of possessiveness throughout, even when they're not dating. Like, what about? Uh, oh yeah, what about like when, when she's she pregnant to, and stuff, and yeah. Gavin. Okay, Gavin. Well, yeah, yeah, Gavin, and like he decides that they should both kind of tell each other when they're ready to move on, even though he shut her down pretty much yeah, when she was pregnant. Yeah. And, um, and also, what about when she goes on her girls' night with Phoebe to the bar? 
and she gets a phone number from the bar guy, and the bar guy oh, calls. Yeah, and he doesn't and Ross give it to her. Ross picks up and he doesn't give her the thing. Huge. That's huge to me. That's a big red flag. That was a You're big right. red so, flag. Uh, so he still has instances of of like, hey, she's kind of my territory, or like, I just don't, you know. Yeah, that's not cool. It's not cool. It was sort of hinting at the idea that he mm-hmm. has feelings that have been unexpressed, but instead of telling her, he would rather try and control the situation in his yeah, favor. Yeah, that's a really and good point. And every time they so do maybe that, he doesn't really get over it but they both you know what though they both do this and rachel does not get enough flack rachel gets away with a lot of sh- bullshit in her time yeah because she's because she's the pretty she's one hot. that's how yeah. breakups work yes. are you kidding me the the hot girl is always going to get more sympathy than the schlubby dude honestly not that ross is schlubby but rachel like the plays, dude yeah rachel plays a, a lot of games too and they both and they do a good job i think the writers do a good job of showing that every time they play little games mind games with each other it won't it does not work out Every time they try to manipulate a situation, it doesn't end in them being together. Finally, mm-hmm. at the end, that's where we see them mature and they're not playing games. Yeah, they don't games. play games. But yeah, when they, they just... do, like with the beach house, okay, so they break up and they go, to, and then, you know, um, a while later, they go to the beach house and Ross is dating Bonnie and mm-hmm. they're flirting because Bonnie's not there. And yeah. then Rachel, Rachel convinces her to shave her head. Yeah, Rachel convinces her to shave her head. No one... On the specific reason that she thinks it'll make Ross less attracted to her, which, you know, yeah. it worked. It worked. And she didn't like that Phoebe. She only let Phoebe introduce her to him which... because she thought she was bald. Yeah, but which, by the way, can I just point out, she rocks the bald look. Yeah, and it's, it's she has like a very so pretty glowy. face. It was, it yeah, was she like has a... no hair whatsoever was on that head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she. Yeah, she oh yeah, they. Nice. She really. Like, <laughs> that that bald cap everything. was like really <laughs> yeah. qu- quality. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, she has a very pretty face, beautiful eyes. She mm. rocks that bald look. Yeah. I don't know what the problem was. She did. Great. Did you know that that's a uh, uh, Ben Stiller's wife in real life? I did know that. Yes, I saw yeah. an interview with her a few years ago. Um, yeah, yeah that was. Yeah, and she was great. She was a great character. She was such a great wild card, Bonnie, to, mm-hmm. to throw a wrench into that relationship. Oh, yeah. Everything that Rachel's not, just like very, you know, an exhibitionist and just very open sexually and stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But, but yeah, so there's that weekend. And then even when they briefly get back together, it's con- completely contingent upon the, the letter, the 18 pages front and back. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Don't. Don't. Okay. Speaking as a former letter writer in her 20s who wrote many emails and letters to boys, don't don't send it. Write the letter. Don't send it. You don't need to do this. Um, it's so not necessary. It's a good, it's a good therapy It's a therapeutic assignment. thing, yeah. It's very therapeutic. It's cathartic. Get your feelings out for sure. But if you are trying to get back together with someone, you can't be in that place of, I'm still angry. I need to air out our dirty laundry, and I mm-hmm. need you to take accountability for every single yeah. thing on my list. And before. here are my demands. And here are my demands. No, it's not, it does not work. And no. I, it was a game. It was her trying to manipulate a situation so that she could feel valid about her perspective of the break which is just so not the way to go about things yeah which honestly is fair for her to feel but the mm-hmm. way i think that she should have gone about it was you know writing out the uh all those pages and for herself and then mm-hmm. real then through those pages coming up with like the real thing that she's really hurting about and what mm-hmm. she needs because it can't be 12 pages so that must have been her figuring it out in those pages right <laughs> 
Like the 18 so, pages, front and yeah, no, it was her talking it out. Yeah, okay. exactly. So great. So she talked it out with herself. She figured it out, and now she could be like, okay, Ross, I would like to sit down and talk about this because here are my feelings, uh, and uh, I I would like you to to take some ownership over the thing and then Ross, which would allow Ross to be in more of an open headspace of like, okay, uh, yeah, here's my understanding of the situation. I know we talked about that, but this is, this is where I'm coming from. So I've, uh, I feel like I don't have as much ownership as you want me to have, but because we're talking about this, maybe I, my walls can come down a bit and I can say, okay, yeah, you're right. I, I concede and I'm sorry, I'll take responsibility for that. I, I do agree that softening the conversation and openly communicating that way would have made him, would have helped Ross be more receptive to her point of view. However, mm-hmm. I don't think that they were in a good place to make it work anyway because to no. me, that much pent up fueled anger still just told me that she was still in a not great headspace. Yeah. Um, she was still like really they should have mad. a conversation and be like, okay, so great. We figured that out. Thank you for taking accountability, but I think we need to still hold off for a bit while but I like he, process this conversation. Cause here's the thing though. Unfortunately, this is not going to be a popular thing I think to say, but unfortunately I think you, I think raw, I think that if you're a good match for each other, a conversation like that should go relatively well where you can either agree to disagree or you can see the other person's perspective. And I think Ross probably actually could have seen her perspective if they had talked. But I think that in order to truly forgive someone enough to start fresh, you have to start fresh, which means there can't be any contingency. There can't be any, I need you to take accountability. I think that no, can't exist. You're right. I, I think, I think that, you're absolutely right. And it's really tough. It's really tough. It but is I think very you have tough. to be over it. And so, and then when mm-hmm. it comes up again, you can revisit it, but be like, this is how I felt about this, not this is how I want you to feel about what happened. Oh, she, that's a very good point. Yeah, and she was absolutely. still in that place of, I need you to feel something about how this happened. And I don't think that's a place of starting over. Mm-hmm. You're just yeah. you're just kind of picking up where you left off, which is exactly what they did. They just picked yeah. up where they left off, still not really getting each other and still angry. Which is why they couldn't really get back together until season mm-hmm. 10 when, like, that's not really something yeah. they talk about. And if they do, they, even she jokes about yeah, it. Yeah, they joke about it. That's exactly where you need to be. You need to be, like, this is just so small potatoes that we can joke about it. Yeah. And I don't even, and see, and by then, they didn't even need to have a conversation about it. Nope. Because they knew they were starting fresh and starting over. And, and in a, starting in a different place. Exactly. And, in a different yeah. place. That's exactly what ne- That is the key to... I'm not condoning... Listen, anyone listening, I'm not condoning you going and texting your ex and trying to get back together. But if it were to happen... I am. If it were... Okay, let's do it. Let's get back together. <laughs> you want to get back together? Um, okay, I condone it. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if that were... I, my thing is that I think the only way you can ever have that work is when you're starting fresh from a new place yeah um i agree yeah but um but they both they both play games to like try and seduce each other and stuff and yeah. uh and and we have to talk about quickly we have to talk about what we were saying before the we started yeah recording. we are running a bit long now so it's okay this it's all right this one can be a little this long can be long it's ross and rich it's the reunion it's the friend yeah reunion. and it's juicy stuff and um but so but actually but c- to kind of piggyback on that point about the whole break situation and how ross messed up there Rachel 
is for someone who's so fired up about another woman disrupting her relationship with oh, Ross. Oh yeah, good. This is this is you talking about. Yes. We we didn't really actually mention the things of like how she messes yeah. up too. So yes. yeah, so, yeah. I know where you're going. I want to come for Rachel a, a little bit because she needs to. She deserves to be held accountable too. And yeah, you're so right. for someone who has such high standards for a quality relationship where no one, no third party is allowed to disrupt the the bond. She is very okay with being that person when she's trying to get what she wants, when it serves yeah. her, with Ross. Mm-hmm. When she's yep. not with Ross, and uh, the whole Ju- Julie was the first glimpse of this, when he's with mm-hmm. Julie and she's sort of, uh, they missed the boat with each other. Yeah, and she's trying to fuck him in the hallway outside his apartment when yeah. he's maybe going to go inside and have sex with Julie. Yep, she deliberately gives him bad advice. Uh, mm-hmm. It actually scares the shit out of him. By one part that I actually felt was so cringe uh, is when he says, when he confides in her that, hey, we haven't had sex yet because I'm nervous because I've been with Carol for so long and she was the only person I've been with. This is a very vulnerable confession oh, that you're yeah. telling your friend. And Rachel says, well, <laughs> your first time, you don't want to fuck that up. Otherwise, the girl is going to be really upset with you. Yeah. She oh says my god, that that's such a good him. point. That is that's such up. a good point. That that's was, very messed up. It was really cruel as, of her to do as that. As someone who's like been in many long-term relationships, mm-hmm. the first time having sex with someone new, for me at least, has mm-hmm. always been a very uh never really goes that well always nervous and yep. yeah the last thing i need is one of my friends being like if it doesn't go well oh, she's gonna buddy. remember it yeah yeah and she did that to him knowing that he was so vulnerable because of carol that was really mean i felt that was really mean of that rachel. is really mean i never yeah. thought about that before yeah but that's i always very cringe true. at that part i'm like rachel this is such hot girl privilege right now that you're trying to manipulate mm-hmm. at any cost you're going to manipulate the scenario in your favor so That's a really that. shitty thing she did. So oh, shitty. I'd never thought about that. I always just laughed at the joke, but... And then that's, then she, a, that's shitty. And then another mean thing is keeping them up all night by trying to talk to Julie for five hours and getting oh, it remember. Yeah. And then because she doesn't want them to be alone. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a mean thing as well, much as just like, no, a, a just like a petty, gross, stupid petty. thing. Yeah, it was just yeah. a petty thing that she was trying to prolong uh, their night so that they would be too tired. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, know, I would say that's a, that's a slash in her favor, though, that she is petty. She's petty. Oh, yeah, she's, she's petty. A very, she's she, a very... She's a She's a she's a petty bitch when it, in, when it comes to love. She'll get drunk on a date with some poor, very well-intentioned young man and call her ex her during ex? the date on someone oh else's God. cell phone. <laughs> Can you imagine if you had the that privilege. story? If you had that that dating story, that would be like there's oh. a show that used to happen in Toronto uh, and Montreal and all over the place called Tinder Tales, where yeah. uh, people like comedians would go up and they'd tell stories about bad dates. Yeah. If you had that, you would have the best story uh, <laughs> from his perspective of yeah. like the guy the who got date. shit, who had like the worst date ever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she, the audacity of that date. And then and that spirals everything into the voicemail that she leaves. But um, but mm-hmm. we see that with um, so with Julie and then where else with Emily? Does she do it with Emily? Yeah. Oh yeah. That she only she does the biggest gesture with Emily is she flies to London to mm. derail the wedding and to tell Ross. Yep. And then she's on that the he loves her. She's on the plane. Lo- with the, she loves him. Yeah, she loves him. She's on the plane with the British guy and the British and she's telling him what she's about to House. do. House. Oh, oh, is that who it is? I've never seen House. 
Oh really? Yeah, the no. the guy, the Bruce guy beside her is yeah. the guy who plays House in oh, okay. House. Yeah, he's yeah. he's great. And he was like, You're a terrible person. This is yeah. a terrible idea. And yeah. I was so happy for that little bubble burst because it just really emphasizes this is not romantic. This is mm-hmm. awful. And yeah. and she's like, Well, he needs to know. They both love doing this whole if I have feelings, the other person needs, needs to know. Needs to know. Yeah. Although, no, they don't. Wait, that's more Rachel than Ross. Ross actually loves bottling things up and then slightly alluding to things and then smelling yeah. her hair or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's just like a typical guys versus girls. Yeah, scenes. Rachel guys, guys has are just to like her... like to bottle things up more. Yeah, Rachel has to have him know that she loves him, so she goes all the way to do it. Then she changes her mind at the last minute. But what doesn't even matter that she changed her mind. We have this really nice moment of her walking into the wedding venue and about to tell him, and then seeing him. Kiss Emily and then just mm-hmm. kind of like softening and being like you know what congratulations and she's choked yeah. up and it's a beautiful moment that's really nice and yeah. then she fucks it up a couple days later by yeah. by telling him in the coffee shop that and she then agreeing to go on the honeymoon with him oh, yeah. <laughs> going to no Greece. I mean that was his idea so still why it was, would you it was go? not all. It was bad all around. Yeah, it was bad all around. But yeah, so this is so this just furthers the the whole point of this is to say Rachel has no problem being the other woman disrupting a relationship as long as she's the, on the outside doing doing the manipulating and yeah, she doesn't mind being Chloe the coffee shop. Yeah, uh, she doesn't copy girl. Yeah, she doesn't mind. Being she Chloe doesn't the like girl. anyone else being the, Chloe the coffee girl to exactly. her. Exactly, and it just really tells you a lot about what Rachel will do when she feels like she's in entitled to have what she wants that's the thing dude i mean like when it comes to cheating a lot of people don't care as much if they're the one that's not in the relationship mm-hmm. and yeah that's uh that's shitty of them too yeah uh yeah. that doesn't get said enough if you're somebody uh who's trying to hook up with someone while who has someone that's very in love with them don't do that that's shitty yeah, exactly. Just leave it alone. It's not, you know what I wish people would really focus on more than the immediacy of needing to be with someone, the impulse, as if that's so romantic. Because I think we have conditioned our, ourselves to think that oh, impulse, God, yeah. acting on impulse is romantic. But mm-hmm. when you really think about how you want a relationship and how you want love to play out, you want to feel like you're in a, a state of flow. You want to feel like the timing is impeccable, that mm-hmm. you're in a perfect place. You know, you're in a good place. He's in a good place. She's in a good place. Um, whatever. Like, you want to feel like things make sense, not that you're sneaking around or that, oh, you know. Oh, God. Like, I know that it can be, like, kind of, like, sexy in its own, like, forbidden way. But at the same time, you can do that without. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I was just about to say that. You can do that on your own. You can play play the classic play the classic game where you go to a party and pretend together and pretend you don't know each other. At like Oh yeah, that that's, fun. that's fun. That's fun. You know? Do stuff like that or whatever, but like yeah, when the, when there's another person involved, it's just never worth it, you know? It's too much to uh mm-hmm. it's too much to handle and it's and it just it, it's going to end with uh hurt feelings all around. Yeah. But um well, do you have other cons or points? Because I think I'm I've, done with I've my got, list. I've just got one more question for okay. you. Okay, yeah. Um, Rachel deciding to move to, uh, because this is a big thing that gets talked about that we haven't even discussed yet. Rachel mm-hmm. uh, getting her dream job in Paris Yeah. Uh, gets derailed by Ross saying, please stay. Yeah. Now, yeah. how do we feel about that? Because uh, I 
it's it, it is a, it's it's a complicated issue because on one hand Ross has been even though he never is sees him and is a bad father to him in the, past, <laughs> in the second half of the show uh so he does have Ben that tethers him to North America, but at the same time, should Rachel give up her dream job because of Ross? Right. So this is a great question. I'm glad that we're going to end it on this because it's important before we like rate them. But we also have to understand, this is, I think I've told you this multiple times. Sometimes the complicated part about this podcast and rating relationships that are fictional is the fact that we have to consider that a lot of the choices are being made from a writer's perspective. Yeah, they um, just want like they're not literary. And so yeah, they have they just to, want literary symmetry here. Yeah, really. so they had to kind of put this in in a way that would be satisfying to audiences who because as we mentioned the whole will they won't they lasted mm-hmm. until it's, like the it, last second like yeah, we didn't and it's, it started in the, in the first yeah. second and of course that that's of course yeah. this is how the writers are going to do it so yeah. it makes sense from so a writing it, point it made of view sense but that the she got off the plane was like a romantic thing but the the, the realistically no she shouldn't have had to give up her that was very unsatisfying to me because and this is sort of maybe a a little bit of a critique about the writers they didn't have to go that hard in really emphatically stressing how unhappy rachel was at her current job Mm -hmm. she kept saying i've got everything i can out of this job at ralph lauren and by telling us this now you are making it more unsatisfying that she doesn't take the job in Paris because now we know that even though she goes back to Ross and she gets Ross, she's now by default, I guess, unless she, you know, we can assume that maybe she gets another type of job that's better for her in New York, but by... But they didn't show us But they that, don't show you know, us. That's so just we, an it's assumption, our assumption we have to make. So our, by default, our assumption is that she goes back to a job that's lackluster, and I don't like that. Mm, um, yeah. but, but the thing is, realistically if we were going to judge this based on like an actual couple in this scenario they didn't have to do it this way because they were making it seem like there's no time like rachel they could have been like hey go to paris and we can like talk about it like there or like i don't think Okay, someone mentioned this, and this actually really changed my perspective about this ending. Hmm. While Rachel got this offer for a job in Paris, Ross got tenure. He could have gone to Paris with her. Oh my God, It it should have been him sacrificing stuff because he's on tenure. He can't get fired and he has all everything time. He's got, he's all time right now. But it's Ben. Ben's the thing. Okay, but yeah, okay, Ben, but he doesn't have to like move to Paris. He could have just like gone with her and like figured things out or like, because she said she was like, hey, we have, first of all though, first of all though, Okay, but this was also shitty of Rachel. They have a kid together, not just Ben. They have Emma. And she made this decision without consulting her co-parent about taking Emma to Paris and be like, and then she was like, she was like, 
oh, well, they said we can do whatever we want. We can go back and forth. Okay, you're going to go back and forth from Europe with a baby uh, just, like, what, every weekend? What are you talking mm -hmm. about? Like, this is yeah, obviously going to be a That's... long stretch of time, and you didn't even consult Ross. I think he deserved yeah. to have a say in It'd what goes like on with Rachel. it maybe once a month. Yeah, because you know? Rachel was not a single mother. They actually did a really good job of co-parenting, and Ross took on a lot of responsibility mm -hmm. with Emma, which I enjoyed seeing. I really mm -hmm. liked that. Um so I think that that was a communication blip as well on Rachel's part. But also, yeah. I think that Ross could have, they could have worked something out where he like goes to Paris for like a, like, so then why can't Ross just go back and forth to Paris and come back for Ben and then go back again? Like, why can't they do I mean, that and make it work long distance for a true. while or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. I and, you they, know, they, they didn't actually say that she was going to stay in New York, did they? They just said, we'll make it work. That's true. They didn't. They so actually did leave it open-ended, kind of. Yeah. Maybe they there, didn't. there are options. Yeah. Um, I think they just said, we'll make it work. A lot of people don't like those kinds of endings where it just is kind of based on what you what you assume happens next. I actually really like it. Um, that, which is yeah. why I like the movie The Breakup, which maybe we can, which is uh, maybe we can talk about one episode oh, with Jennifer oh, Aniston. I would love to talk about that. A lot that. of people hate that that movie for the ending. I love it. I I, I, lo I love the ending too, yeah. actually. Yeah, let's so, do that in season three, actually. Yeah. So um, yeah. So that I mean, there there was a lot to be um, to desired with that whole last minute move, but we know they did it for the crowd. They did it for mm -hmm. the Ross and Rachel heads out there. Yeah. They she had yeah. to get off the plane, so. It, became, it couldn't have been an iconic line without her getting off the plane. Yeah, it's true. I she, got off the stayed, plane, but I she, have a new one tomorrow, she, and she, uh, we're going to work it out together <laughs> if you would be able to quit your job for a bit and just come back and forth every so often. You know that ring. old line? Yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't have, have the same ring to it. <laughs> I stayed on the plane and followed my dreams, but um, <laughs> yeah, they, they, did it. they did it for the gram. Yeah. Well, no, Instagram wasn't around, but you know what I mean? The sentiment. They did it for us. They did it for the gram eventually. Yeah, exactly. So Okay, so okay. let's rate them. That's great. And you know what? I think, I don't remember. I think, oh, wait. Last time we did it, we we rated them out of Xerox copies. Mm -hmm. uh, this time, let's rate them out of lobsters. Okay. Yeah, 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 lobsters. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, we got the whole the whole relationship now. Yeah. We covered pretty much everything. I'm, I think we I'm did. very proud of our our. Me too, actually. And it actually, uh, covering as much as we did in this... Yeah. I mean, it's a long episode, but it's still... Still, uh, it, it, it makes for not having to return to it, you know? Yeah. Thank um, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, lobsters. Do you want to go first or me? I'll go first. Okay. Because it takes me a long time to settle on a score, but... I, there is a, obviously a lot wrong. I don't want to spend too much time focusing on the whole break thing because we already covered that in that episode. Yeah. That was an awful time in both of their lives. I'm willing to move past it and think more broadly about them together. And while they do, there are a lot of issues, I do appreciate that they matured by the end of it. Mm -hmm. Ross, maybe not quite as much with his tendencies of like possessiveness, but I think that they were more open to communicating and I think with Rachel also maturing um, they have a better ch they stand a better chance at working out their kinks and I feel mm -hmm. like because a lot of their like push and pull was like are we going to be together or are we not now that they've chosen to be together I think it, it would be smoother from here on out with sure. Emma and everything so for that reason I'm going to give them 3.5 lobsters cool okay yeah. Uh, that was my, in my head too, was 3.5 as well. Uh, 
I know that's weird to say it right off the top, but I agree with everything you're saying. I think they, uh, it's it's the same way that they're able to now move past the the shitty stuff that happened in season three, uh, allowing them to be together. If we're rating the whole relationship, yeah, of course there there have been low moments, but if you're to rate any whole relationship, there's going to be low moments. Uh, what I think makes them a strong couple is that uh, even even through all those hard moments, they always still do come back to each other. And that's that's a really nice thing because in a, a relationship that lasts that stands the test of time, you're going to need that. It's not going to be easy all the time. It's going mm-hmm. to be hard sometimes. Uh, so from the, exactly how I feel too, uh, they've both matured. Ross still needs to do a bit more maturing because he's still a little bit uh, you know possessive near the end, but yeah. it's uh, to a lesser degree at least. Uh, that we can see so far uh who knows maybe on the in the reunion special they'll tell us a little bit of what they think happened uh after afterward that'd be kind of cool but who knows i think i but whatever happened next with you know paris or rachel getting a job or whatever i do trust that they are going to make it work and that they will figure it out so yeah 3.5 lobsters out of uh, five for nice. me too, which and means they get seven. a solid seven. Yeah, seven yeah, blocks. that's a good seven. Um, seven, seven, seven. <laughs> I saw a meme that goes Friends reunion comes out on May twenty seventh, and it has Monica doing the seven. <laughs> that's funny. Um, cool. Well, good. That's a very solid round score for a couple that goes down in history as a as a you know prominent mm-hmm. fictional relationship. So they did well. I think yeah, and I, th- I think I think seven's a really solid yeah. answer for them because yeah, there mm-hmm. are problems with their relationship, but yeah. they're not they're a not horrible. Insurmountable. Re- they're, yeah, yeah, they're not insurmountable, and uh, based on what we can see, they are problems that are changing and getting better. Yeah, cool. Well, that's our episode. Uh, thank you for listening to this special edition. We hope that you enjoyed it and let us know what you think of Ross and Rachel and of the Friends reunion. We're going to be watching. Maybe we'll put out some uh, little stories on our, our Instagram, so stay mm-hmm. tuned for that. But, um, you can follow us uh, at RatedXPod on Instagram yeah. and yeah. also on Twitter at RatedXPod. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, thank you so much for your support. And, again, if you want to join us on Patreon, we have all kinds of extras, and we would super appreciate if you came over there and, and listened to all kinds of stuff. We also have our personal... Yeah, have some fun, fun with us. Have some fun. We have our personal breakup story on there, too. And as I mentioned... Oh, that's the, a good one. The playlist full of songs that we use to get over each other and other people. Yeah, um, and other extras, too. Yeah. Uh, and stay tuned for this weekend... This weekend coming up, the very last weekend of May, where Rated X is going to reveal their season three lineup. Yeah. I just said I, I just said that uh, without asking your permission. How do you feel about that? I feel good because this morning I posted on Patreon without asking your permission. And oh, okay, I, so there we and go. And I agreed to. I agreed. To, I signed us up for. Uh, releasing an extra bonus episode where we talk about uh, Olivia <laughs> Rodrigo's breakup album, Sour. So oh, okay. stay tuned for that. I thought you I thought you were gonna be like, and I signed us up for couples therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, but also oh, also if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you don't mind giving us a little a little rate and review goes a long way. A couple of stars, a couple of words of encouragement or critique, whatever you feel is necessary, and that'd mm-hmm. be that would help us out a lot. 
Yeah, you can also follow me personally at at DCT Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow me at Courtney J. Gilmore on Instagram and at Courtney Ugh, U-G-H on Twitter. That's right. Cool. Uh, this has been a lot of fun doing this again. And uh, I'm excited for season three mm-hmm. and for the reunion. But until next time, folks. Bye. That's you stay frosty silly. out there. No! You stay, stay frosty out there.